Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. There's no privacy at all around this place. It's time for Disney History! Though it currently resides at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, the Carousel of Progress has its roots planted firmly in Disney history. When General Electric approached Walt Disney to develop a show for their pavilion at the 1964-65 New York World's Fair, Disney happily agreed. Back in the late 1950s, Disney had planned to expand Main Street USA with a district called Edison Square, which would feature a show hosted by Wilbur K. Watt, one of the best names ever, an electrical mechanical man who would talk about the evolution of electricity in homes around the world. However, because the technology was just not there yet to achieve such a show, the idea went uh, by the wayside. When General Electric approached Disney about the fair, he pitched them the idea of the Electrical Progress Show, and they loved it. With GE's support and financial backing, Imagineers were able to perfect the audio-animatronic technology that would be the key to operating the show's mechanical performers. The Sherman Brothers, the famed Disney songwriters, were tapped to create a song that would act as a bridge between each act of the show. After Walt explained to them what the show was about, they wrote, There's a great big beautiful tomorrow, with Walt's enthusiasm in mind. In a way, the song became Walt's own theme song, because he was always excited about what the next day would bring. The show opened as Progress Land at the fair and was one of the most visited pavilions during the entire two-year run. The show was known for the unique design of its Carousel Theater, which was developed by Disney legends Roger E. Brogy and Bob Gurr. It was a circle of six theaters, all connected by divider walls, that revolved clockwise around six fixed sta show stages every four minutes. This allowed the audience to sit comfortably for the duration of the show, while they rotated around the theater itself to be transported to the 1890s, 1920s, 1940s, and 1960s. At the end of each show, the audience was invited to travel up to the second floor of the pavilion and see the Sky Dome Spectacular, which projected images of nature and energy onto the domed roof of the GE Pavilion, much like a planetarium. The show was used to demonstrate the many ways that GE was harnessing electricity and the power of the sun. After the fair ended, Disney brought the Carousel of Progress back to Disneyland and reopened it on July 2nd, 1967 as part of the new Tomorrowland. The show was still sponsored by GE due it, and due to its immense popularity at the fair. The show was very similar to its fair counterpart with only a few slight changes to help update it. At the end of the show, guests were once again invited to the second level of the building, but this time, they saw a four-minute post-show, narrated by mother and father, that showed off the enormous model of Progress City. Progress City was based on Walt Disney's original concept for the experimental prototype Community of Tomorrow, also known as Epcot. Part of that Progress City model can still be seen today on the People Mover at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. When the show began to see dwindling attendance numbers, GE asked if Disney could move it to their new East Coast theme park so folks visiting the Vacation Kingdom of the World could get a chance to see it. The show closed at Disneyland in September 1973. The Carousel of Progress was one of two attractions that opened in Florida on January 15, 1975, the other being Space Mountain. This time, the show had some extensive changes made to it to update it for the modern 1970s audience. 
Some of these changes included a new color scheme, vastly updated show scenes, new voice actors, and a brand new theme song. GE asked the Shermans to write a new song because they didn't want their customers to continue to wait for A Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. Instead, they wanted people to know that now was the best time of your life. So they would buy the current stock of GE appliances. The Shermans wrote a song entitled, Now is the Time. In March 1985, General Electric's 10-year contract expired, and they chose not to renew it. The attraction closed briefly so Disney could strip the show of any reference to its former sponsor, though some logos can still be seen today on some of the appliances in Act 3. The attraction went under another refurbishment in 1993 to help reflect the theme of the new Tomorrowland, namely the future that never was. The outside of the theater was redesigned with gears and other mechanical symbols to match the others being featured throughout Tomorrowland. The show was renamed to Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, and the final show scene was updated to show Christmas in the year 2000. A new voice cast was also hired, and Rex Allen, who provided the voice of father in the original 1964 version, was invited back to record the voice of grandfather in Act 4. There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow also returned as the attraction's theme song. The show reopened in 1994. Though the show was listed as seasonal in 2003, it has remained open every day of the year since then, and still continues to delight guests from all over the world with the promise of Walt's Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, which, as you know, is just a dream away. What do you dream about, George? I dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Are you a crab? He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. Celebration, the Story of a Town by Michael Lassell was published in 2004, 10 years after the celebration groundbreaking and eight years after the first family moved in. The first part of the book looks at the history of Walt Disney's vision of Epcot Center and the intervening years before the town planning actually started. In hindsight, it's a very tenuous tie to Epcot and new urbanism. The second chapter, though, was my favorite, since it dealt with the planning, architectural designs, and the architects that created the iconic structures. It really is a who's who of 1990s design. The Medias chapter looks at how the planners and the company tried to create community with celebrations, a trend-setting school, and specific covenants. Several issues are discussed, including the company sitting on the town board and the transition to more of the residents. The schools are covered, and it was one of the biggest divisive issues that the town faced. The last chapter focuses on the future of celebration what the future might hold for the residents, the schools, and the growth of the community. In 2004, Disney sold the town center and began the process of selling parts of Celebration that the company still owned. Although this book is a Disney publication, it doesn't glaze over the bad things. The turmoil of politics and the financial homogeneity of the populace are discussed. It is a glossy title with some spectacular large format photographs. And, you know, the book is ideal for Celebration homeowners and fans. Disney book collectors and, well, sort of fans of Epcot. Uh, kind of. I want to hear more about your favorite designers in the 1990s. You seem to be really into that. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got him and this other guy. And this oh, I've other heard of that guy. other guy. 
Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. Fantastically fuzzy photo Helps on the spot Fantastically fuzzy photo When I took the shot Fantastically fuzzy photo This is all I got This week's Fantastically Fuzzy Photo winner is the Deves family. Jeff, did you even screen this photo before you put it up here? It... It's not a fuzzy photo. It's they've got fuzzy hats on. I mean, we're we're not really specific about the fuzzy part of the photo. I mean, it still it meets the guidelines. So like, you know, it works. I like it. Uh, so then we still have to send them a prize, at least a prize of some sort, something that fits the guidelines. We will send them a prize. Sometimes you might see it. Sometimes you don't. Hey, look what's that? It's a five-legged goat. When they opened the Animal Kingdom in 1998, there were over 3,200 individual signs that had been made. One of them is a fantastic five-legged goat. If you visit the Boneyard and take a gander at their sign, you might just notice something unique. If you look at the sign, there is a tiny little end with an arrow like you would see on a map. The sign was designed to look like a map of the park on opening day, before the Asia expansion. Jeff, have you uh, heard about the huge event that's happening at the end of September down at Epcot? I, I think I may have heard of it, but maybe you should tell me a little bit more. It's a really big event, huge event, historic, one of a kind, one of its kind, I should say, uh, massive, major event. I, I'm amazed it's even going to get pulled off and, and, and at all. Does this have anything to do with those really funny and good-looking guys from Communicore Weekly? Huh, now that you mention it, it might. I like those guys. They make yeah, me laugh. They're pretty awesome. And there's, you can actually, I just saw on the website, uh, micechat.com slash store, that they are going to be performing live in celebration of Epcot's 30th anniversary and their 38th week anniversary in the Norway Pavilion. So let me get this straight. They're putting on a phenomenal live show with special guests like the original Dreamfinder, Ron Schneider, and prizes and giveaways and scavenger hunts? Yes, and even better, the Communicore Weekly Orchestra, also known as Steve and Andrew, will be there playing our favorite songs live for the audience to sing along for, or with. You know, they just have to visit micechat.com slash store. I think this is going to be a great, great event. And, uh, you know, if people want to see it, they should definitely go. I'm going to go. Are you going to go? Oh, I'm going to be there. I wouldn't miss seeing these guys live for anything in the world. And one more time, how, how do we find out more information and get tickets? Go to micechat.com slash store. And the tickets are really affordable. $32.99. $32.99 a piece. That's very cheap. I'm going to go online right now. You hear that? That's me typing. Where, where are you going? I'm going to micechat.com slash store. Enter. Wow, I hope there's some tickets left. They are going really fast. Thanks so much for watching. Be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on 